Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Uber Neuro. Uh, I am Al Tepper and I set up this podcast to uh, create a marker in the sand so that uh, my 13-year-old son, who was recently diagnosed with autism, uh, could uh, hit and uh, connect uh, audibly with amazing people with various neurodiversities um, and to learn uh, how they live their life and how they've... Um, manage to uh, overcome any challenges they have because there are lots of kids like my son uh, who, uh, as he did, think it was their fault, didn't understand what was wrong, why they were different. And um, that's really important, therefore, for me as a mission to bring this to them. So on my mission to meet really interesting people, I've cast my net far and wide and joining us uh, from the sunny north today uh, is Gordon. Gordon, are you there? Yes. How are you? Well, Yes, I'm very well, thanks, and I'm excited to meet you. Uh, I've heard good things about you, and I'm sure this is going to be a fascinating chat. So why don't you take a minute, introduce yourself, tell us who you are, Gordon. <laughs> Perfect. So first of all, thank you very much for um, having me on the podcast. I hope for your listeners south of the border, uh, they can <laughs> understand my uh, fairly strong Glaswegian accent, but again, thank you very much. So uh, my name's Gordon Duckfield. I'm a, a successful um, property entrepreneur. I've got multiple businesses. Um, I am Glasgow born and bred. And um, yeah, I think for me that the interesting thing and exciting thing about being on this podcast is, is to share a little bit of my story and yeah. to show you that actually having, well, I've got ADHD, dyslexia, dyspraxia, how I've actually used that to my advantage and actually what I've got, what I don't want to call a disability, it's not a disability, but those three things that I have um, have actually helped me along my entrepreneurial journey and I can inspire more people by, by telling my story. Amazing. And, and you will. I'm, I'm absolutely positive. I mean, everyone else we've had on the show uh, has really not only enjoyed telling their story, but enjoyed the, sen the sense that actually other people and people are listening to this. We've got hundreds and hundreds of listeners and it's growing every day um you know people are listening to this youngsters older people who are just discovering they've got stuff so it's really really powerful um so let's let's dive in straight away to the first question uh tell us a bit more about the challenges you faced okay perfect so let's start off in school um i've been I'm 30 years old just now so we're going back to maybe 15 years ago um, maybe a bit longer, 17, 18 years ago, um, I was um, in school. I was in a private school, actually, and I had serious issues with being able to read and write. Um, and due to that, I didn't really take much of an interest in school. At that point, ADHD, which I've got, wasn't really such a thing. Um, it was known about, but it's taken a lot of time to get diagnosed, X, Y, Z. Um, so I really, really struggled in school, like yeah. really struggled in school. I wasn't interested in math, English, and all that kind of stuff. And if you're a sufferer with ADHD, you've got to focus your energy onto something you want to do. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't interested in any of that stuff, that educational stuff. I became um, disengaged with school. Um, I left school at the age of 15 and went straight into college. So the trouble that I had in my early days was being able to engage in a classroom 
and take an interest in what the teachers were teaching me because my mind only works and only channels its energy if I'm interested in that subject. Amazing. So I think when I was younger, that maybe people didn't understand the way my mind was working at that time. Uh, and that unfortunately caused friction with the teachers. I got into a bit of bother. Um, but I went down a, a path, managed to pull myself back out of it. Um, but that's, I think, really important to, to understand that even if you've got these conditions, um, not to worry about it. Amazing. And, and I, there's a, quite a few things there that strike me for further conversation. Uh, I, think, I think your school journey is a common one. I think, I think a lot of people... Yeah. Um, you know, go through the same thing, um, and um, you know, not not to get bad about education. I don't think the school system is set up to cope with people with differences nearly as well as they'd like to. Um, the school system is full of great people. You know, they're not bad people. They're good people. They want to teach. You know, they don't want to go off and make millions of pounds being stockbrokers. Yeah. Uh, or property developers but they you know they want they want to help kids but unfortunately the system itself means they they don't have the luxury to give you that attention and time and so you end up uh and that was my son's experience you end up um outside the system and at a certain point yeah. you know that takes you down different paths but what's really interesting to me is that despite those challenges you pulled yourself forward you had obviously enough uh um drive drive uh self-esteem spirit whatever it was not even self-esteem but just drive to make stuff happen that you might have had uh, uh you used the word um uh, i can't remember the exact word you used actually but you got into some uh, some trouble it sounded like but but it, despite all of that you still and and most many kids do it's not like you know that's not a a, a normal situation anyway but yet despite that here you are having risen to the challenges um how did you so what age did you leave school for? i left but i got thrown out in 15 um i had a, a temper on me and unfortunately i got into bad ball at school yeah. and i was asked to leave at the age of 15. amazing um, but what, yeah. aren't all, so the, aren't all, the, aren't all the best people thrown out of school <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It does I, seem that I way. I tell my mum and dad that. Yeah, time. yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's my story, and I'm thinking to it. And I think you know, um, but it is interesting um, that people become uncontainable. And I have no doubt that your anger—I mean, anger and neurodiversity—is often connected because it's very frustrating. You know, everyone else yeah. seems. I mean, my son said to me, "Dad, everyone else can pay attention, and I sit there totally lost in the middle of a class, and I feel really angry." So that anger yeah. isn't helped, you know, and sometimes I think, and, and I think he blames himself for his anger, but it's not, and my, my perspective to him and my answer to you would be, you, you were probably angry because of the shit you were having to deal with. Pardon me, I just swore everyone. Yeah. First swear word, I think, on you, Benira. Right. You know, um, <laughs> but, you know, I think, I think the reality is it's very frustrating for a young man, you know, age 12 to 15. You're going through enough stuff as it is and, and to also yeah. discover that, um, you know, uh, you can't keep up, you know, people are giving you grief, teachers are giving you grief probably, you know, um, even now it's stressful for my son. So what was it like 10, 20, 30 years ago? Well, it was even more stressful. Um, yeah, definitely. Would anyone be surprised that you were angry, <laughs> that you had a temper on you? You know, it's going to come out. So then it takes you down the path yeah. of 
as you said, a bit of bother. Um, but then after 15, uh, you know, so at what point, you know, what did you do next that changed things? What was the first thing you can remember that started to lean into the problem? Okay, so the biggest thing that changed for the, for the good or for the bad, sorry? For the good, for the good. For the good, perfect. So I left school at 6.15 and um, I went into college, did a year at college and then I actually moved to Ibiza for a year. Wow. Um, and did the, did the party party bit and get everything out of my system. And, and when I came back from Ibiza, I'd, I'd always wanted more because I've got so much bloody energy in my body that I need to be doing something. Yeah. Um, I, I started working at a direct sales company, knocking on doors and selling stuff. And there's two things that I truly believe everybody should do is door-to-door sales or join the army. Like, there's two things that people should always do when they're younger. Now, I did went down the door-to-door sales route and what I learned at that age was how to work hard for very little money. You know, working nine o'clock to nine ten at night for two, three hundred pounds a month. But for someone like me, I was learning a skill. Because I had no skills. I had nothing. I was learning a skill and that was how to sell. And essentially that is what I actually am. I am a salesperson. And I put a lot of energy and focus into into my job at this point in time and I got really good at it. And then I went up and set up a, a company at the age of 19. I, um, at 19, wow. I had over 60 staff employed between wow. London and Glasgow. Um, and I was making um, a, a lot of cash. The trouble at that point was I was making a lot of money, but I was still very young and not knowing what to do with the money did not help. So um, I, I lost my business at the age of 23. Um, and uh, but what I learned at that point was I knew how to create a business. Okay, I knew if I focused my energy into something that I was passionate about and liked, I could create something really big, and that's what I did. Wow! So even though I lost the business, it, today it's still the most valuable lesson that I've ever learned. You know, because it hit me hard. Yeah, and also it showed you it was possible, and you learned along the way. I mean, I. Uh, you know, I say to my son all the time, he's about, he's going to be 14 in October, in November, sorry. And I always say to him, um, you know, start a business as soon as you can. I'll give you your first uh, business loan to start it. And and I hope it fails really, really hard and really, really quickly so that you learn yeah. loads. You know, so that yeah, I just want you to learn loads because you're not going to, you're not going to listen to me. So do it the hard way, but let's no. get it done. And And that life lesson is, you know, and for someone, for someone with neurodiversity as well, it's it's must be have been incredible to sit there leading sixty people. I mean, there yeah. must have been times where you just looked around and thought, "Wow, Jesus!" I mean, I got thrown out of school. Yeah. And here I am, you know, paying sixty people's rent every month and mortgages. Yeah, I mean, it was incredible. It was an incredible experience. I mean, it was it was definitely the best time of my life. The fun that I had, even though listen, I lost sure. all. You see those four years, I had the best time of my yeah, life. I can, I, can <laughs> so, I can imagine. No, I don't regret it. I, re- yeah. I don't regret losing <laughs> the business. I had a bloody good time. And I tell you what, if I hadn't done it at the age of 19 and done everything that I did for those four years and lose it all, I fully believe, I can guarantee you, in fact, that I would be doing that just now. So I'm making money again. <laughs> I'm doing well again. But I would have done it now because that's the kind of guy that I am. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm all in or I'm all out. 
Um, so I'm glad that I did it at the age of 19 and I'm not doing it at the age of uh, 30. <laughs> it's definitely definitely a better time to do it when you're when you're young exactly. that's for sure and Gary V would agree as well you know go all in when you're young get it out of the way um so exactly. so from uh, from after that business obviously how did you I mean you've got three specific challenges in ADHD dyslexia and dyspraxia how um how have you adapted what's the biggest ways you've adapted or, or has the world adapted to you has it all been I'm just going to get on with it and be me, and that's... No, I, you got to... Okay, so the biggest thing that I did very quickly was understand my strengths and understand my weaknesses. What am I great at, and what am I really bad at? So, I am awful at admin. I won't do any paperwork or um, anything like that. I'm really good at speaking, I'm really good at training, and I'm really good at doing deals because I'm a salesman. Yeah. So what I did is I outsourced and I got rid of all the tasks that I don't want to do to other people. I refused yeah. to do them. I passed them to other people to do because that gives me the focus and energy to do what I'm really good at and then I can excel in what I'm really good at. And for anything else that I'm really bad at and I know I'm bad at and I understand why I'm bad at it, I get other people to do it for me. Right. So I lead a very good life and I've learned, it's funny because I've got one of my businesses, it turns over a million pounds and I spend 20 minutes of my time in that business a week. And that's purely because I've outsourced everything from the word go because I didn't want to do any of the system stuff. Yeah. And the business has actually managed to grow it, grow with me outsourcing it to people that do stuff better than I do it and not being a control freak because I know I'm bad at that stuff, but I know I'm really good at this stuff. So I focus on my strength. <laughs> yep, yep. I th- and, and that's that awareness, that awareness to A, do that, to think about, right, yep. what am I good at and what do I need to get rid of and who do I need to surround myself with is the first challenge, isn't it? And then, and then the, the second challenge is, right, actually, what are my strengths? You know, the awareness to even ask the question, I think, is what I'm saying. Um, exactly. Is, is the key. Um, and do you think, um, do you think uh, having those challenges, um, ADHD, dyslexia, dyspraxia, do you think they've, I mean, obviously they are, you are who you are and you're made the way you're made and that's how it is. But do you think they've been in any way benefits or strengths themselves? I mean, do you think, um, you know, for some people, for me, my, uh, you know, I'm sure I'm ADHD. I tick every box. I've never been diagnosed, but I'm absolutely, anyone who's met me would agree. I'm immediately, obviously ADHD. Um, for me, <clears throat> that means I'm not, I'm not interested in detail because I'm not going to pay attention long enough. <laughs> It's never going to happen. Yeah. So I'm a big idea guy, yeah. right? That's, that's my yeah. thing. And I'm a great big idea guy. Ask me to yeah. check a spreadsheet with a thousand rows in it and you're crazy. You know, it's never going to happen. Yeah. Um, so do you, think, do you think that creates in you the ability to be that leader because you're the vision, because you can hold 100%. that? Yeah. It's interesting. 100%. We're superhuman. We are superhuman. We've been given this gift that we can focus and give so much energy, more, yeah. e- more energy than someone that's not got this condition, whatever you want to call it. We can give it so much more than the average person because of what yeah. we've got. We're bloody superhuman. You yeah, know, we I, are actually superhuman. We see <coughs> things differently 
than the average person. I think bigger than the average person. You're the same as me. I will not sit and do detail. I'm not interested in detail. I'm thinking about the bigger things. Yeah. And because I've got that, I mean, if you look at me just now, I am walking around the room. I can't sit still. So I'm talking yeah. to you I'm walking around the room. Yeah. I am on the go. I've got energy to give to every bit of my business, every bit of my life. So this condition or ADHD or whatever you want to call it is yeah. a bloody benefit. And I, I am very grateful that I actually have it because I wouldn't be able to do half the things and give the energy to half the things that I already give energy to. It's amazing, actually, and I totally agree. I think I think the pro- the problem we face is that in society, um, you know, it, it's not it's not seen uh, as a benefit. So of course we we grow up thinking, uh, well, we're meant to sit still and pay attention in school because that's what we're told to do, and of course. You know, we don't then sit still and pay. Every school report I ever had said must stop fidgeting, could do better. You know, I mean, literally. Um, And and so it reminds me, there's a great quote by Einstein uh, that says, everybody's a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its life believing that it's stupid. Um, And and the reality is, you know, that's the problem. If we judge children on the basis of their ability to sit still, I mean, whoever thought that was a good idea? What child sits still? I mean, children are just full of energy. They're boundless energy, aren't they? And yet we try and contain them. And some of us have so much energy that we're never going to sit still. I'm the same. Um, And age 47, I'm still, uh, I think people are amazed at my ability to uh, work on as little sleep and still do what I do and deliver energy. And, And I agree. I think it is a superpower. I genuinely think. And that's why I've called this whole series Uber Neuro. Because I think, um, you know, the, 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 these, these differences in our brains are incredible opportunities for humanity to leap forward. Um, and in yeah. fact, there was a great interview yesterday uh, that came out with Phil Argent. Uh, you should check that out. I'll send, I'll send you, if you just look up uberneuro.com and look at the last podcast, yeah. Phil is, uh, I think you'll get, a, you'll get a lot out of that because it's talking about how actually um, the future of business is one that will be defined by neurodiversity not by neurotypical they're neurodiverse minds they're not you know uh, they're not they're not the kid that sits still in the class Richard Branson yeah. didn't sit still in the class Steve Jobs <laughs> no. didn't, didn't be quiet and do as he was told you know the people who are shaping the planet um, are not uh, are not neurotypical um, so no. so where are you now so what does life look like for Gordy now it's pretty good just now. Um, I have a couple of very successful property businesses. So um, I'm probably best known for training um, in property. I've got very successful service accommodation business, a very successful buy-to-let portfolio. I've got HMOs. Um, I've recently wrote a book. So for everyone that's listening that's dyslexic, get a copy of my book and count the amount of spelling mistakes you see in there because <laughs> there's loads of them. And I love it when people come up and tell me. I've had it proofread, right? I have it, I've had it proofread, and the proofreaders can't even get rid of my spelling mistakes. <laughs> but I wrote a book, and the people that are chinning me on my spelling mistakes have never wrote one. So I always ask them, how are you getting on with your book? So um, recently <laughs> wrote a book, so I'm an author. And so, yeah, I mean, my life is spent traveling and training. Just now I'm in Doncaster training for three days and two or three hours. I'm heading to London for two days. Then I'm heading back to Glasgow for training for three days. Wow. Uh, so my life is pretty on the go just now, but listen, that's the way I like it. 
and and you're standing in front of people sharing knowledge which i can imagine if you're anything like me is paradise isn't it because there's no spelling yeah that's what i do i get to talk and share yeah. give my energy and you do the same um and that's again a you know people with these superpowers we're givers we're sharers we're carers we want we want to help people move forwards and i think that's why we're all also quite good salespeople because we're yeah we tend to have uh, an, an, an illogical confidence. You know, we're just, we'll put ourselves out there. Um, amazing. Uh, Gordy, thank you so much. I mean, uh, Pleasure. Thanks uh, for having me on. I think your energy has come down the phone to me. It's very evident. I'm sure we'll be in a room at some point together. It's inevitable. Um, yeah, let's make it happen. Absolutely. Well, look, thank you so much once again. Um, and uh, this will come out... Uh, uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, for everyone listening, uh, this podcast has come out today because you're listening to it. So well done! Uh, but um, thank you. Uh, we've got a we've got a great schedule ahead. Uh, once again, thank you so much, Gordy Duffield. I really really appreciate it, and I look forward to uh, if you can uh, actually let's get a plug for the book. What's the title of the book, and where can people get it? Uh, what is the copy of the book? Profit from property you do not own. I have to remember that there. Profit from property you do not own. <laughs> Amazing! And where can people get it? Yeah, you can get it on Amazon. Lovely. There you or go. Just contact me on Facebook and I'll send you a copy. Either or. Amazing. Everyone, count those typos. <laughs> and uh, exactly. actually ignore the typos because actually they don't matter. Um, every typo is a reminder that Gordy's a superhero. So there you go. Um, all right. Well, thank look, you thank you so much, Gordy. I'll let you go back to your day. Everybody, thank you for listening. And uh, we look forward to joining you again next week here on Uber Neuro. Do share the message. Remember, sharing is caring. Somewhere out there, a 13-year-old boy thinks it's his fault and it isn't. So please do make sure we get to his parents. Cheers.